Hi everyone, welcome back to The Drop-In Season 2. It's Tanya here. And I'm Agatha, and today we're talking about Shavasana. Feels good to be back. Mm-hmm. So good to be Yay. back. So nice to have had a little break. Um, yeah. yeah, to just have distance and time to reflect and also time to focus on so much other aspects of life because I've had a lot of change going on. <laughs> yeah, I think I've just been kind of um, head down, bum up kind of vibes as well yeah. and just been um, really focused on a few other projects and a few other avenues, but then I also did take a really sweet luscious 10 day break um and that in itself was really nice to just kind of come back to myself and yeah figure out what comes next (laughs) yeah we all need those holidays yeah definitely I've got my next holidays in June and I am counting down the days it's still a while away (laughs) but yeah no but it's nice to have it in the diary yeah it is I've got like a little three-day escape next week um, but nice. yeah, it's been, it's always so nice to take time to just step away from these, to have that almost, um, reflection time to review and to just, you know, redirect our focus. So then we come back, it's fresh, it's exciting, it's joyful. And we're like G'd up and ready to go again. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I feel really excited for season two. We've got some like really juicy ideas and just like, just exciting to be talking about um today what we love (laughs) shavasana shavasana Um, is a deep love so should we drop into it let's do it (laughs) where do you want to start um uh it's just so bountiful shavasana like it just like where do you start um well should we start with what is what Shavasana actually is for those that might not know, just so we have Definitely. that reference point for then where we go. Um, so Shavasana is a asana, a posture in yoga, and it translates, Shavasana is a Sanskrit word, which is um, the language, an ancient language, um, the language used to for yoga. And it means corpse pose when we translate it across into English. And the reason it's this sense of corpse pose is because you're literally laying yourself on the body, on the ground, your mm-hmm. body on the ground. So it's literally a posture where you lay yourself down on the ground, you close your eyes, and you just be for a period of yeah. time. Be it three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, one hour, whatever you want. And depending on how long you stay, depends on how much um, props you use to support your body in that shape to be able to be yeah. Um, and it's a posture that's done at the end of every single yoga class you will ever go to in your life. Um, and I think that in itself is a marker of its significance and then its importance because it's always there. It's the thing that is always That's something I wrote as I was preparing. I was like, it's included in every yoga sequence. So it just kind of shows the fundamental value of it. Um, And the fact that it's called corpse pose as well for me is this true reflection also of the end of the practice, but also it's a releasing and kind of death, if you will, of what you've walked in with. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much that can be said about the fact that it is called corpse pose, and I'm sure we'll touch on that as well. But just in this context, the fact that it's at the end of the class, it is just this like reset, I find, Mm. before you walk back into the real world, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And I also always feel like it's that integration point. Like there is no other exercise modality, movement modality, where at the end you are encouraged to lay down for at least five minutes and rest to integrate, to restore the body before you move on. Like, and I'm like, that's the, the piece that's missing. Like any workout, you always, a little five minute lay down at the end just to integrate everything and I let know. everything settle. How nice would that be for it to be whenever integrated I would go to the Whenever I would go to the gym and like do boxing or something, I'd be like, can we just do Shavasana like at the end of yeah. that? <laughs> I feel like I could fit um, so, anywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, it's kind of this, inter- it's integration of everything that you've just done mm. um, as well. But it's just this magical place where it's integration but also transformation. Yeah, it is. And it's. I think that comes from the doing nothing. I almost, I like to think of like when um, and anyone new comes to yoga and at the end it's like, hey, we're just going to, lay down and do nothing here so like you're not missing mm. out on anything actually in this in this period of time here you can just lay down relax you can close your eyes if you want to if you don't want to cool but stillness resting nothingness it's just a yeah, nothing 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 left to do nothing left to do yeah you're not yeah. missing out on anything but just laying there and closing your eyes that is the point yeah yeah and I think like all the other asana that you've done in like if it's an hour practice, just prepares you for this nothingness. Mm. And yeah, it is that portal of like a kind of like an energetic portal that you walk through or you move through at the end of mm. your practice to kind of just be like, oh, okay. I don't know. I, I I sometimes when I do like stronger asana, find myself really in my head of like what I should do, what I shouldn't do, where I should go, or you know, these inevitable mind games that we have. And then once I'm in Shavasana, it's just like a true letting go. Yeah. Um, and I think the other asana prepares you for the final most important, which is Shavasana. Yes. And I love that you say that, you know, Yes, a yoga practice does prepare us for that. But also, and what we love about Shavasana is that it can be done independently and as its own practice too. And I almost feel like the richest magic of this posture comes from doing it independently, having the courage to do it independently often in our lives. Yes. You know, I mean, for a longer kind of- period of time. We touched on this a little bit in our season one rest episode, um, but I think we just wanted to honour Shavasana as a whole yeah. <laughs> um, because especially in restorative yoga, it is kind of the basis of the practice. Yeah. Um, it's my then- favourite yoga pose in the world. It is. Yeah. Um, What's yours? I think mine might be Supta Baddha Konasana. I thought yours would be, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. think the thing I, why I like Shavasana more is because of the simplicity of it. I need less props. Like yeah, my body can just the be there quicker. <laughs> uh, I can just get into it. Like all I need is two pillows and a blanket and an eye covering, you know. There's definitely moments where that's all I have and it's just like boom, you're in. Yeah. Um, but I do love a really juicy supported shavasana. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, for example, like Judith Hansen has, like in her books, Judith Hansen Lassiter, I should say her whole name. Um. She has like a number of variations of shavasana. Um. Like side lying shavasana, yeah, side lying obvious. Yeah, obviously the traditional, as we all know it, with additional props. I think she also calls Stonehenge Shavasana yeah, as well. Stonehenge Shavasana, prone Shavasana, laying on your belly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, and then you can kind of add layer and add on to the existing Shavasana kind of yeah. in different ways as well. Yeah. Um, so I'd like can recommend that book Um, and I'll add a little link to it in the show notes um, because it's just so rich if it's something that you are wanting to explore deeper um, in terms of props and just the setup of each shape. It's so deep. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a really good recommendation. Um, Yeah, so she has two amazing restorative yoga books. So if you are interested in understanding more about restorative yoga or variations of postures or sequences or the philosophy of the practice. Yeah. Her Judith Hanson Lasseter's two books are incredible. Restore and Rebalance and Relax and Renew. There's two of them. And those two are just juicy and golden. 
Yeah, I had lots a of pictures. Flick. Yeah, I had a little flick through them last night in prep for this conversation, and mm. I mean, I I do them in my own time, and whenever I feel called to different shapes, I do them without looking at the books. Um, but it was really nice to just flick through them again and just like pick up on little the nuances of yeah. them. And I think that is something that is so special about the restorative practice is that there are so many nuances that you can kind of add and take away um, in terms of props. Yeah. That kind of, and there's just these little things that you can do for yourself, whether it be like a little blanket to the sides of the arms that just touches and keeps you kind of cozy, you know, um, just these little things that um, sometimes we don't offer ourselves those little luxuries in life. Mm. And I think that's why I like setting up with all the extra props. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like feels the ankle like... roll, the roll under the back of the ankles under your Achilles, the yeah. cushion under the wrist, the weighted blanket over the hips. Yeah, I think I just like I remember there was once where I was, you know, um, doing a practice. I'm pretty sure it was with Judith um, just via Zoom. And she said, roll up two blankets and place them by the sides of your arms. Yeah, that's so nice. And it wasn't even that it was supporting me. It was just touching on the sides of my arms. And there was this feeling of being held. Yeah, Um, Yeah, and just these little kind of micro nuances that obviously she's so um, equipped and has been doing this since like the 70s. Um, So she has all these little um, bits of knowledge that she shares. But I think um, I've also recently been doing a yoga nidra training where half of it is also the setup so it is kind of the setting up yourself in this shavasana shape um and one of the things that my teacher has been saying is like where do you not allow yourself these extra luxuries like or where do you not allow yourself to properly rest um I feel like that's not the question I'm going to quickly look at my notes in my phone Mm. because it's pretty powerful Um, And it's just been something that I've been sitting with every time I go into my practice Um, because I often find that I am like kind of rushing in Mm -hmm. and I'm not giving myself the extra support that I need. Um, And so, yeah, it's just interesting. In the same way you are giving yourself the support you need by choosing to show up, even if we rush in, because the transformation happens in the pose and as you exit, you're not rushing out, you know? Yeah. Sometimes we are, but, like, yeah, I think there is a lot to be said about the time and space before and after, but sometimes also just doing the pose and if you know you've only got literally 20 minutes and no time either side to set up, just get into it put on your 17 minute timer, get out of it. Like, and like, but, and then the familiarity and the practice and the repetition over time, your body gets used to letting go in that period of time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, obviously there's something to be said about like a propless Shavasana as well. Like yes, just being yeah. completely flat. Um, mm. And I can't do that too long. Just my skeleton starts, my back starts hurting. And I think that's especially find it on my head and the head. Um, Yeah. Head and yeah. Yeah. Um, But you know, the question, did you find your question? No, I was distracted by our conversation. (laughs) I need to find it. I don't know if it's in my notes or if it's in a notebook. Um, So if I will add it, add it to the show notes. (laughs) Um, Um, But yeah, it's just this question of like, where are you not letting yourself rest totally. essentially in in the way that is in the way that you might allow others to rest as well um mm-hmm. so like you might say to a loved one oh why don't you just go have a nap or why don't you just like take five minutes to just go chill out 
but then when do we give that to ourselves sometimes Mm. is like this we can show up with so much love for others sometimes but then we often forget to give it to ourselves and so it's just that question of how can we start giving this to ourselves as well yeah it's kind of where I'm at but um And that might be, as you were saying, like just doing the quicker practice without all the props, but it might also be like adding all the props as well. Um, So figuring out where you are in your own practice, um, if it's something you're new to. Yeah. And I think as well, like if you, if you, it's so interesting, I'm just going back to like a yoga class situation where people that are newer to this practice or like um, the etiquette of a yoga class will want to escape or leave before the stillness at the end. And I think what a reflection that is of our world and how uncomfortable we are with being still because we're like, oh, that's not gaining anything. I'm just laying on the fucking floor. I'm just going to go five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes early because like i got to do, I'm just going to get on to the next thing when we people we don't even realize that that is the juice that is the essential element that is the thing that is repeated time and time again um it's the most important posture we hear this every yoga teacher say this for time it's almost annoying like and it's just I think that attitude that can come in until people are uh wooed by yoga is just a reflection of the society that we live in of the, and the value we do place on on rest and stillness absolutely um yeah. I think it's it's interesting because I've definitely seen that myself in like teaching a little bit more recently um and yes yeah, some people are definitely uncomfortable in quiet um I've also been teaching a lot of trauma kind of people or people who have suffered kind of complex trauma um and shavasana in a lengthy way is not something that is for everyone as well so I just want to kind of highlight that um especially in a group environment I think in a solo environment it's very different to a group environment long shavasana yeah yeah and um so there's a few things that I like to do throughout the Shavasana practice in that situation. I often make it shorter, um, which of course, like I love a long Shavasana, but it is something that I'm respectful of. And I always say like, now we're going to be quiet for a few minutes. The next time you hear my voice will be to guide you out. So there's this expectation of silence Um, And they're not feeling like, uh, I guess, panic, although that may happen as well. Um, And just inviting people to know that they can come out in their own time if they need Mm -hmm. to. Um, So just little things like this that I kind of sprinkle in. And I think that's just important to voice because I know even for me, um, when I first started practicing yoga, I found that part really difficult. Like I found it extremely difficult and there have been some kind of trauma informed things in my life or trauma situations that have happened. And so, yeah, I think it's a time where we really process things Mm -hmm. um, and where the mind can kind of play havoc if we aren't used to the silence. And so it does take some time and evolution, I guess, to get to a point where you might be able to stay for 20, 30 minutes. Like it's not, it's not an overnight thing or it hasn't been for me at least. I don't think it is, but I don't think anything in life is. And this is just our desire in this modern world for everything to be like, click of the fingers. It's fucking happening. I'm a fucking master at this. It's like, no, that's not how anything works. You know, every takes practice dedication time repetition this sense of familiarity for the nervous system to start to feel safe with these situations and familiar with these and you start small and you build and you build and you build and you build over time and um you know and you meet and it's always this tuning into like yoga is always like how do I feel what do I need honor that first 
always. Yeah. Don't just layer on something that because someone else says it's like this is a practice that encourages us unlike anything else in the world to start with how I feel and go from that place you know absolutely but yeah it takes it's not going to happen overnight this is not something that is just an easy thing like shavasana yeah it's hard sometimes sometimes it's really blissful and beautiful but it's hard and it's everything in life has it, it requires us yoga requires our devotion you know mm. it requires us to be devoted to it for a set period of time for these practices to become familiar and then we can start to take a bit more of a fluid approach to it um, yeah and I'd yeah. say I'm at the point where I have a bit more of a fluid approach now nowadays yeah. but even some days like I go to my shavasana and it's like overdrive in the brain yeah um and I don't go to that blissful place. I just stay in my to-do list or like maybe I'll just like notice where I have a bit more restriction in the body mm. or I might just sit with my breath for a while. Um, every time I show up, it's different and sometimes it will be this like beautiful drop-in of depressed um, and sometimes it won't. <laughs> But I still show up because I know how good it is for my nervous system. Like yeah. I just feel renewed every time I, I do it. Such Even a if it's, it's such a refreshing. It's literally restoring. Yeah. Yeah. You feel revitalized, um, renewed, refreshed. Oh. Yeah. Something I, I wrote before we kind of jumped on as well is I guess the origin of the word is corpse pose, as you mentioned. And I think there's kind of um, something to be said about the the fact that this pose also prepares us for death. Mm. Um, so it's kind of these little micro deaths, if you will, of letting go, of releasing, um, but then it also prepares us for this ultimate death that we face at the end of our lives. Mm -hmm. um, and it is perhaps like, quote unquote, morbid to be talking about death, but I think it's something within our Western society that doesn't get brought up enough. Um, and I think that is also something to be said about why Shavasana can be quite confronting because there is this, um, I guess, expansive and endless feeling to it. Um, I think it's also like the death of the ego. Yeah. I see it as well. It's like you kind of just like can't do anything that your ego is wanting to do in that moment, you know, whether it is like, and sometimes the ego wins, as you said, like they walk out of the class or mm -hmm. they 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 might or we fidget. I, yeah. yeah, fidget or you know the brain the mind uh, keeps going. Yeah. Um and so the ego is sometimes like really fighting hard to to not go into this mode. Um but yeah, it's just something I was thinking about as I was preparing for this. Um the fact that it is corpse pose is also this, it's a reminder of our, um, of the time that we have here, I think. It's like, it's a reminder of the fact that we really need to be present in the day-to-day -day life because there is this inevitable death that comes. Yeah. And what I, I think know. of with that <laughs> is like death is an ending, but endings can be so beautiful. And I remember hearing this phrase that I use a lot. I've probably shared it on here once before, but sunsets are a reminder of how beautiful endings can be. And without the sunset, there is no sunrise. There is no dawn after the night, like after um, the end of the day. And so, yes, death can be viewed one way but death is an ending and endings can be beautiful just like the sunsets are beautiful ends to our day each and every day you know there is this light and beauty that can come from it and I love what you said about um letting go and to me the biggest teaching of shavasana is letting go 
letting go, mm. letting go, letting it go. And it's always this remembering. I feel like each time I go into Shavasana, my perspective shifts, like you were saying, out from the ego and back to soul, back to truth, back to heart, back to me. And you just I'm kind nodding. of all, yeah, all <laughs> the noise and the layers of the onion around you, you just shed all of these and you can kind of like clean the glass, all this like dirt off the glass and the mirror and actually see yourself again and you're just like and you it's almost like all the clenching of the brain and like the knots in the mind are able mm. to just unravel and let go and untangle and you can find the ends of the threads of all the things that you're kind of pondering and ruminating on and I just find yeah. shavasana just like organizes all of that like this beautiful mental laundry but different to meditation and just allows us to let go, everything unfurls, unravels, softens. The ego finally takes a step back and we get to see with a lot more clarity and brightness our truth, the home within, this remembering of who we are, what's important to us and have a little bit more perspective on where are we putting our attention? Why am I overthinking that? Why am I ruminating on that? Oh my God, that's so clear now, that answer to that thing. And it's just like, ah, mm. oh, it's just such a relief. I find yeah. that that truth that comes from the letting go practice and it can Absolutely. only it only comes from me when I practice a like long restorative posture it doesn't always it doesn't have to be shavasana but a posture in stillness and comfort and silence for 20 minutes at least yeah. um, I loved what you were saying about how it's like this cleaning of the glass or yeah. like just like removing the gunk because as I was saying, like sometimes it isn't this whole beautiful, blissful thing, but you still are in the noticing. Mm -hmm. And after your 20 minutes, you or however long you stay there, um, there's this kind of understanding of, oh, okay, I've been like really in my head or, oh, I'm really holding on to this tension in my shoulders or whatever. And it's like, just the stopping mm. and the noticing sometimes is just the biggest amount of knowledge that you can carry for the rest of your day, week, month, etc. Um, and it, ma it made me think of this exercise that I've been doing in my training recently where you draw a body map before your practice and you just notice where you've got your tension or where oh, you I might be that. feeling things. Um, so... <laughs> And for me personally, I always have it in my shoulders and in my mm -hmm. fingertips, strangely, I've been finding. Mm -hmm. um, and then after my practice, you do the body map again and you notice how you feel. And so I think that's like a really good exercise to be doing for Shavasana as well, because you begin to notice what your practice gives you within yes. your actual body. Um, I love that. Do you draw it? You physically pen to paper draw it? Yeah, it in I your just mind? Yeah. draw a Beautiful. little blob and then I, love I it. might just like use some colored pens or whatever I've got um, and I might just write a few words around it of like the feelings or whatever might have come up. Yeah. And it's it's pretty quick. It's like a one minute in and out kind of situation. But as I've been doing it and repeating it over and over again, I've actually been noticing what my practice gives me as mm. well beyond the feeling of, oh, I feel so refreshed. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, let's go there because it's like what does Shavasana give us, like the benefits of it? Because it's like if you're exhausted, Shavasana can be awesome if your body is really fatigued or tired or, um, yeah, like those elements, like, yes, we mm. need to rest. And I find the more we practice rest, the more um, honest we become and in tune we become to our energy and when we do need to rest so we almost become um, better at managing our energy and you know daily energy management but I also do think as well like it offers time and space for processing for time alone solitude in your own aura in your own energy field by yourself like we need that we really need that um and so it's a space to empty out if you just feel too full and you just need to empty out practicing shavasana even practicing it on the grass alone can be amazing for that if that's your intention if you wanted to restore mm. you different approach but if it's for emptying out like you know, how can you make it work? And I just cover my eyes because that sun is way too bright. Once you start covering your eyes, mate, you can never go back. <laughs> <laughs> um, Definitely. And then, 
I think also for connecting to our heart, our body, but for softness, for bringing that quality of softness back into our life as well. I don't know. What else do you want to say? There's more. Yeah, I think for me, um, in my own journey with with Shavasana and resting, um, I mean, I was like chronically fatigued. Like I had mm. I had a thyroid issue where my thyroid was overdrive. And so for me, it was just a moment to slow down. Um, I think like physically, like my heart rate dropped, my um my body began to release, like I felt less tension. Um yeah, I began to notice my breath for the first time in a really long time. I felt more in my body yes. um, rather than in my head, um, which mm. I think has been a lifelong thing for me. Um, and, yeah, it just is like I was – I began to feel capable of walking through and, like, making decisions that were right for me. Yes. Um, so Intuition. it gave me more – yeah, it gave me way more space to um, notice what was mine and what wasn't mine as well. So the clearing out, I can really relate to that. Um, and I still use it for that to this day. If I've, like, been teaching, um, I will usually try and do, like, at least 10 minutes um, between my next activity um, just to have a moment to notice what I've maybe taken on. Like I kind of think of it as like um, <laughs> a mollusk or something that just gets attached to you throughout the day. Like you get all these little things that start like to grow on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like a moment to like be like, okay, wash those away. or totally. um, And just notice. Sometimes you don't notice what you've taken on. Um mm. And so, again, it's a space for noticing, whether Massively. it be, like, what you've taken on or what you're carrying or what you're, you know, running around with. Um, yeah, it's a real shedding overall, a shedding, as you said. <laughs> Massively. Um, God, and I think as well, like, the, the teaching of Shavasana, the wisdom of it, it's quiet it's quiet. It doesn't, um, it's not a tsunami, like rolling into your life, like changing everything in the snap of the fingers. Like it's a slow trickle, but like, my God, is it powerful. And like when mm. you to invite it in and build this sense of deservingness of yourself to that, you deserve rest and you deserve time alone and you deserve time and space to let go and slow down and pause and stop and be soft and take, you know, these little pockets for you and your, your nervous system and your body to like reset and restore. Like the teachings that ripple out from that are so vast and so broad and so wide. Like they, they start changing your life and your behavior and your attitude and your actions before you even notice. And then when yes. you do notice, you're like, oh, that's that effect. But like it, it starts making you change for the, like for your, in a way that you want to, that serves you in the best way before you even catch notice. Yeah, that. I really feel that. I think it's kind of like, I think you were kind of talking to it earlier where it's a meeting of your soul and mm. it's almost like your soul speaks in that space. Yeah. And it's a remembering. Yeah, it's um, such a remembering. Of who, it's a remembering of who you are and what you've come to be in yeah. this lifetime. Um, and so I think that is the ripple effect that you're speaking of. It's like by remembering you then in the real world start to put things into action yeah. of like who you're meant to be yeah. um and it uh, it happens in a, the most subtle of ways um yeah. it might it's be almost, like an yeah an invitation like you, that comes through you, like you marinate in your values and then you start you know being like oh being more aligned to them just in little tiny ways but you go oh yeah I think it oh that's okay um I think it's just this, 
I almost see it as like a wave or a song or something like that mm. where there's these little peaks and troughs and like highs and lows or and every now and again you might be in this kind of deep shavasana and then you come out and you're like oh, okay I need to action that or there's an mm. idea or that's something I haven't given much attention to or focus um and it lets you marinate it lets you I think it's also this this thing of like as we've been saying from the beginning like we're not used to stopping in this way for longer periods of time and so when you finally do it's like oh okay the stillness is there waiting for me like all the time and now I can like the stillness is speaking to me yeah 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 that's yeah it is like and I remember actually I think Judith Hanson Lassiter in one of her practices recently said like stillness is always there we just get distracted away from it but like I don't know exactly what she said but she's like you we are always still we just yeah. forget you know um oh sugar I was gonna say something I was gonna take this in a slightly new direction um but I forget where it was. I think what else I – oh, yes, I remember. <laughs> the thing I want to kind of um, highlight that I'm so passionate about with Shavasana and teaching restorative yoga is it's your toolbox. It goes in your toolbox. It becomes – it's very empowering to have something that you can use for yourself to make yourself feel better clearer, calmer, more grounded. You don't need to go anywhere. I've started working at a um, center where there's float therapy. Yeah. And so people come to this place, pay, you know, their $80 to go into a room, be by themselves, lie down, be in quiet, stillness, dark, warmth, and nothingness for an hour. And you can literally do this for yourself without paying $80. If you work on cultivating the deservingness, the worth and the comfort and familiarity with rest and relaxation. And then you can do it when you travel, then you can do it when you go on a getaway with friends, then you can do it in between work and play. You know, you have it to take with you and no one can take that away from you. And my God, is that life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I want to say. You can do it for five really... minutes and you can do it for 40 minutes, but you've got it. I, I think it's like, I think it's a really beautiful sentiment, but it is also something that I want to say, like, you don't have to do it alone. Like if it's mm. something that you have never done and like you want to try it, go go and find a teacher first and then you will have the tools to then take it away because yeah. you will be cultivating that within the class someone will be holding you your hand essentially your your energetic hand into yeah. that space yeah um, I do think it, it is important to learn learn it definitely yeah. um because like now we both do it on the regular um but I don't think I I could have done it without going to I don't know, up to 50 classes of a regular yoga practice where I did have that, you know, six minutes of shavasana at the end. Yeah, I um, do agree. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and just like becoming more aware of my body as a whole. Um, and now I realise, like, I have more awareness of when my body is needing that rest. And I try and do it every day, but I don't always get there. Um, but for example, like even that body map thing that I was saying, like now I know what my little triggers are within my body. Um, so I know that if I'm holding too much shoulder or finger tension, <laughs> um, it's probably a, a little indicator to get on to my rest. Um, and yeah, I think it is so powerful that we have this in our toolbox now. Yeah. Um, and it is something that I and I know that you do carry with you into everything. Like I always rest when I'm on holidays. Yeah. Um, I even took my bolster with me 
this time round. <laughs> I fought really hard to get it into the car. But it doesn't <laughs> but also you can find other fun props to 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 support you when you're traveling. Yeah. But it is definitely something worth cultivating, worth building, because then you've got it. You've got it for life. You can teach it to the other people in your life. You can and by you starting to and do it for yourself, people start to be like, oh, what's that you're doing? Can mm. I do some of that? Do I deserve that? Oh, okay. If you're going to do that, well, then I'll do that. You know? I've um, definitely seen that. And then you don't of- need to go to the float therapy for an hour when you're, if it, because sometimes you can't get to a yin class, or you can't get to a restorative class, or you can't get yeah. to a massage booking, or you can't, the, the center's not open when you want you know, it's like these places are not always lined up to your life. And so then in those moments, you have something, you know, you can use. I definitely yourself. agree with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's super powerful to have that as like, you're the keeper of that. <laughs> yeah. And then when you want um, other stuff, yeah, but sometimes it just doesn't line up and you, but you still need to do something for your body, mm-hmm. you know, and your mind. Like sometimes if I wanted waited to go to something every time, I'd be like, oh, I don't have money. Oh, that's timetable. Time doesn't work for me. Oh, I'm busy. Then I'm working there. I'd never fucking do it. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, I definitely have those moments where I'm like, oh, I could go to that or I could just like do 30 minutes of Shavasana and then I have like more time up my sleeve as well. Um, so it's just this little, yeah, it's a little pocket rocket that you have in your pocket. <laughs> um, something I just wanted to quickly touch on that um ignited in me when you were talking about um people wanting a piece of that as well I've definitely seen like the ripple effect that my own practice has had within my household um so just like seeing and it it it's not that like now my husband goes and does shavasana but he allows himself to rest um you know, in the middle of the day, because he works from home, he'll go and have like a 20 minute nap. And I'm like, that's a win for me. <laughs> because, <So fucking> good. <laughs> yeah, because music like, to our ears. <gasps> he wouldn't do that normally. And I think just like by seeing me rest and do my practice and yeah, just seeing like, I guess the benefits it's had to my life and my capacity and my energetic your demeanor showing up yeah (laughs) Um, yeah yeah I think it's like your resting then gives permission to the rest of the world to rest like you're actually like it does you're kind of I, I see it as like almost like a healing of lineage as well for all the Mm. people that weren't able to rest before you yes um like I sometimes when I lay my body down I think of all my ancestors who worked really fucking hard like I know how hard they worked Mm. um and sometimes I do it for them as well Yeah. yeah and so there's just this like permission that you give others and you give your ancestry and you might even give your future ancestry um, to rest by resting yourself. Yeah. It's so transformative. It's so powerful. It's so beautiful and tender and loving and soft and just oh, letting go. Yes. It just so creates if, so much room. Yeah. If you're new to the practice, I would say, Start where you are, maybe just go to a yoga class, maybe a yin class, mm-hmm. um, maybe, um, you know, if, you, if you're if you inter- further interested, I have a lot of resources, both of us, on where we can guide you in terms of yeah. those teachers. Um, also, we all both have, like, our own... Um, things on our website um, which might be of interest as well so yeah there's a few places there to kind of start your journey um, and then I'd say if you're already doing this it's like how can you continue to 
give it that devotion, that attention. Maybe you do do the body map thing or like, you know, add a different prop or take away a prop or maybe you buy the Judith Hanson book or, you know, whatever you add it is. five minutes to the timer and yeah. start to say, you know what, I deserve more than five minutes. I'm going to do 10 minutes. Or yeah. maybe you do 15 minutes and you're like, I'm going to start doing 20 or, you know, whatever it is. Or maybe the time where you notice you're scrolling on your phone and your eyes are glazing and you're really tired. Maybe you choose to close and cover your eyes with your T-shirt and for five minutes and just see. Um, yeah. yeah, that's really nice. I like that. And I think as well, um, restorative yoga can be a really beautiful support, like kind of goes hand in hand or backdoor into meditation. Um, so if meditation has always been something you're really interested in, Shavasana can be really supportive of your journey into and with that, I think, too. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, and I also just want to say, like, it takes some time getting to know how your body wants to be supported. So um, being that open on the floor can be quite um, uncomfortable vulnerable. sometimes, feels vulnerable, can cause some anxiety. Like if I'm feeling quite, if I'm feeling a bit airy or flighty or anxious, like I, I need to add other stuff to make me feel safe to be there and like allow me to ground in and to feel weighted and let go. And so I think it's important to know there there are different ways you can support yourself and prop yourself to, to tend to those little niggles or anxieties or little niggle or physical pains in the body or, um, vulnerabilities by adding weight by adding extra support by adding darkness and warmth and um different kind of propping um environmentally around you as well so there's always ways to kind of like if if that's your experience don't just um push it aside just yet like there are a few things you can give it a go to yeah. see if it's for you definitely yeah. and I think that's something that we we touched on through this conversation about how every time that you show up it is going to be different um and it hasn't always been this easy thing and it sometimes it is really easy and other times it feels harder um so yeah don't give up on your own self and your own practice because one day it doesn't feel quite right yeah 100%. because there are ways to adjust and there are ways to feel into the the sweetness and the magic of it all yeah and I think um I do also want to say shavasana is best done in silence with nothing it's about stripping everything away so you can just be with yourself like just be to just be alone with yourself with no input you're not eating anything you're not reading an email or writing a text you're not smelling anything you're not like listening to anything yeah, you're just being. It's yeah, just a place nothing to be left to do. Nothing, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I find that this is why yoga nidra is really beautiful practice and some people I find lean more towards that, whereas I lean more towards shavasana and restorative yoga because of the emptiness and the nothingness of it and the yeah. space to fully come back to me, whereas a yoga nidra doesn't do that for me because there's too much going on. There's, there's input. And so because yeah. of the input, I can't go where I want to go. Some days, though, I need it. But yeah, I just want yeah. to. They're, they're distinct, different practices. And, and there's an there's an episode in that for us. I think I I want to um, flesh that out a little bit more as to what the difference is between those two practices yes. in another episode. That would um, be beautiful. Because yeah, it's just they're both. They both hold their their magic and yep. they have a value. Yeah, and um, it's like that's why we've got meditation is so good for your mind. Shavasana is so good for restoring your body and emptying out and grounding and remembering. And then yoga nidra is such a beautiful practice for that liminal space, for entering that liminal space, that in-between, that like yeah. consciousness state. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No, I think that's good. All I can think of now is going to do Shavasana. Beautiful. <laughs> um, is there anything that you want to share with anyone about what you're doing, where they can find you? Yeah, I do want to share some news with this community. I 
Um, I teach currently. A lot of you would probably know me from practicing with me in studios. And I just want to let you all know, you probably heard, but I will be leaving teaching at One Hot Yoga in Potts Point and at Living Flow in Ashfield later this month. I would love to see you at some of my final classes. So if you are around, my last class will be 14th of May at One Hot and um, 12th of May at Living Flow. So be beautiful to practice. I'm still going to be offering yoga into the world just in my own new and different way. Yeah. End of a chapter. Beginning of a new chapter. So good. I love Mm. that for you. Thank you. It is, it's like the perfect um, addition to a Shavasana chat, you know, the end of one and the beginning of another. Isn't it? When I even (laughs) sent my emails to um, resign, it was, I titled it Endings, Beginnings. It's just the energy of my moment. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm. Um, And from my end, I am teaching a little bit more at the moment. Um, So I've just started the term again. um, So there are a few spaces left for that um, in South Wentworthville. Uh, And I've also started a monthly yin and restorative called Kalma. Um, it's 90 minutes. I just had the first one on Monday and it was pretty beautiful. Um, so if you are kind of like wanting to explore the rest side of things a little bit more, there's, I think, one or two spaces left for that. Um, that and it's, nice? the, it's the last Monday of the month. So it's just once a month if it is something that you're kind of wanting to dip your toe into Um, yeah that's a really nice place to kind of give yourself a bit of extra time and it's 90 minutes so it's super lush Mm. Um, and I'm also teaching yin in Liverpool from Fridays Um, yeah so I'm excited for that that's at 515 at yoga groove Um, so if you want to try that out I'll be there Um, and yeah, it's like all the usual other things that I'm always doing. Um, tarot readings are still available um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So that's me. I love it. And um, your website? Oh, yes, agathacarmen.com. And I'm tanyav.com. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for our first episode of season two we'll be back in a fortnight with episode two all about the energetics of autumn from the lens of traditional chinese medicine little sneak peek there for you um we can't wait to talk about it see you then bye everyone